Hi everyone, um, I thought I would jump on today to talk about something called love starvation, which is something that I see so many people struggle with, and unknowingly, completely unknowingly. And it actually came to mind recently because I was holding ceremony space and I had this beautiful gentleman come and join the, the circle. And he showed up and his clothing was very bedraggled and his body was not looked after. And my heart just went out to him because I could see that he was starved of love. And I could also see that he didn't know that, not consciously. And it made me start to realize how often we're actually craving love and we have no idea about it. And I want to give a few examples today about what love starvation looks like in case you can identify it in your own life because it shows up in so many day-to-day -day ways. And just having that perspective might help give you, yeah, a different way of approaching kind of patterns in your life that you didn't realize were occurring because you are actually just really craving love. Um, you know, love seems to be something that we reserve for relationships or children or animals. And, and the reality is that we're all beings that want love. And, and it seems to be something that we're even ashamed of or embarrassed about because it's too soft, you know? And, and actually, when we start to be able to cultivate love, within ourselves, like real self-love, not just going for a massage or having a bath. I mean, these are all nice things, but it's not actually what real self-love is truly about. And so, yeah, I just want to share a few perspectives on, on what I call love starvation, just in case you might identify with it and recognize that maybe some changes need to be made that will really help you feel so much more fuller inside. <clears throat> so, you know, diet, exercise, cleanliness, these are all, you know, day-to-day -day experiences that we all have. And yet, the way that we show up with them, the way that we relate to food, the way that we relate to exercise, the way that we relate to our space, these are all relationships. And how we show up in them is really indicative of actually how we feel about ourselves. So, for example, diet, you know, you might be either really, really careful about what you eat and very controlled, or you could be the opposite end of that spectrum, which is careless and, you know, really uncomfortable with your relationship with food and maybe carry guilt and shame around it and know that you don't eat well, but lack the ability, the self-love the sufficient care of yourself and your quality of life to be able to make changes. And, and so both ends of these spectrums can indicate a kind of salvation of love and a craving of often what we think is going to come from outside of us. So someone else that's going to come into my life, if I just fell in love, for example, with this perfect person, then I would care more about how I ate. Or, you know, if my parents had loved me more, 
then maybe I would be better with my diet. You know, there's, there's so many <laughs> stories that we tell ourselves to justify what is really a, a wound in our hearts that we carry. And, and it comes from this place of not recognizing or necessarily being able to appreciate that we're really just craving care, kindness, the, the desire to make change from a place of, I just actually can't do this to myself anymore. Because that's actually the key, right? It's, I can't eat those things anymore. I just care too much about the way that it will make me feel. And I can't be this controlling to myself any longer because it actually, it just hurts. And it's creating so much stress in my mind. All I think about is calories or all I think about is the food, the diet, you know, and I'm using food here. But honestly, this can be the same with exercise, not exercising, over-exercising. It can be the same with cleanliness, you know, walking into a home which is like clinically clean. Visitors feel it, right? You walk into a house, we've all done it. It's like so spotless. You're like, oh, if I breathe too much, I might put condensation on a mirror. <laughs> you know, like you can feel the energy of that and it doesn't feel comfortable, soft, loving. It feels beautiful perhaps and spotless in all the right ways that we would tick off on our social judgmental, you know, paradigm. But does it feel like a space that you want, you feel really truly welcomed into or a space that's been like almost fearfully put into a very clean environment to get your approval, you know? And then on the other side of that space obviously is, someone's home where they, they just don't care or it seems like they don't care and it's a mess. But what it really speaks to is emotional wounding where they might feel so caught up in internal dysfunctions and inabilities that they can't even begin to face tidying up. Or maybe they don't even see it. It's so normal to them that it's just become how they show up. They don't recognize that their space is a reflection of how they feel about themselves. Because the space that we live in is where we spend all our time or so much of our time. And if we don't care about that space, it shows that we're not actually caring about who we are. We're lacking that love, that kindness, that support for ourselves. We might just wait till someone's coming over and then do a manic tidy up. But then we're doing it for them. We're not good enough, apparently, to enjoy a tidy home. And so, you know, one of the biggest places Love Starvation really, you know, rears its head, I suppose, is actually in relationships with others. So either the partner relationship where we come into partnership with someone and we're like, oh, now I've met the person, I'm just gonna be loved and it's all gonna be wonderful. And we have these expectations of what this is gonna look like. And then of course this person shows up and they just do them. And, and they, they can't love us enough for our needs. And the reality is actually that they're never gonna be able to do that because the emptiness that we want them to fill can't be filled by them. 
And that's true of all of these examples that I've given. None of these areas in our life can actually come into harmony, come into fullness until we take ownership of them. And we've become so good at blaming others, you know, blaming our partners for not loving us enough to show up in all these ways that we need. We've become really good at blaming our parents for not loving us when we were young, for not teaching us how to clean maybe, or teaching us how to eat properly, or you know, all the things that we put on our childhood experiences, which you know, maybe justified in many ways, but the reality is that it's only us that's walking life right now, in this very moment, in this very day. And unless we choose to take ownership for how we're showing up, how we are bringing love into our own life. You know, we get really caught up with loving other people. And maybe this is like a hangover from religion and love thy neighbor, I'm not sure, but you know, we become so concerned about being nice and being kind and being loving to others. And we tend to really go out of our way to do that. And yet, behind closed doors or within ourselves, we don't show ourselves that same kindness, that same love, that same respect at all. And, and that is a real omission because the relationship that we have with ourselves is by far the most important one and the most powerful one that we have. When we start to really understand what self-love actually looks like, instead of thinking it will come with a massage or having cake or I don't know what it might be, <laughs> all these kind of platitudes that we give ourselves under this premise of giving ourselves self-love, when we actually start to understand what it is, it actually looks like ownership. It looks like, oh wow, no one's gonna actually fix this apart from me. No one's gonna care enough about my diet, my exercise, my love life, my mental health, my cleanliness. No one's gonna care more about that than I am. And so how can I show up for myself in this space that's gonna create a space that feels good to me? You might be in relationship with someone else and, you know, I do this with clients a lot. I'll have someone come in and they're like, oh, my partner is just letting the side down in all these different places. And I'll say, okay, great. And, and so how are you showing up in this? What are you bringing to the party? And a lot of the time, you know, they may have been bringing lots of things and then felt that their partner was just taking advantage of it and not doing anything in response, which can be the case sometimes. But what I ask then is, well, how are you showing up when you do these things? Are you just doing it for them? Are you doing it as like a trade? Like I'm gonna do all of these things and then I expect you to love me more. And then they naturally fail because they don't, they don't realize that there's a trade going on. They're just showing up as them. Or are you able to show up in your relationship from, I want to do this because it actually feels good to me. This will nurture me. This feels like a nice activity for me. When we start to do things from a place of this feels good to me first, 
the ironic thing is, is that we actually start to not only feel really, really good, but we actually are way more pleasant for the people around us too. And so our relationships start to improve effortlessly. So what I'm trying to help you understand today is how there might be different areas in your life that are reflecting back at you a starvation of love that you might want to come from outside yourself or that you might blame on past experiences. And that is completely understandable given the cultural kind of upbringing that we get around victimhood. It's really justified in our culture. But I'll tell you this, unfortunately, it doesn't serve us. The reality is that love has to come from in here first. And I know that can be a massive leap. So all I would invite you to start with is actually kindness. And it doesn't have to be through your actions. It can be just in your mental narrative. Being kinder to yourself in the way that you think with yourself is so powerful. If you can just observe, maybe for the next week, how you talk to yourself mentally. Do you call yourself names? Are you really demanding of yourself? Or are you gentle? Are you patient? Are you supportive? Are you encouraging? You know, all of us have ideals. And the reality is that a lot of the time, the ideals we have require us to do things that might scare us. And if the internal environment, internal narrative is, I can't do that. There's no way I can do that. I'm not good enough. That right there is going to sabotage any chances you have of achieving those ideals. But if you decide to take active control of your own narrative, and even observe that negativity and then stop yourself and say, okay, well, I've done that narrative for all my life. I think it's time for a change. I'm just going to encourage myself. It might feel weird. It might feel unusual. It might feel inauthentic to start with. But that's what practice is. Practice is just getting better and better at something. But the only way we can do that is actually by deciding to start. And you might fall off the wagon, you might slip back into old narrative. All these things are okay. Ask any athlete, plenty of times, they fall off the wagon, they get back on. That's what all of us who strive to transform, to become something bigger or greater than we've been, it's a necessary initiation, if you like, because it's through that journey that we actually are able to find ourselves, to back ourselves. So really observe how often you can start to support yourself, encourage yourself, empower yourself and soothe yourself. Maybe you try something and you fail at it. That's okay. See if you can soothe yourself, support yourself to have another go. This is the foundation of actually starting to cultivate a real relationship with you. And once you start to do that, first you will change on the inside. And then inevitably, you will start to change on the outside. Because your behaviours right now only reflect the relationship that you have with yourself.
So the more that you can lean into that relationship, the more that you can nurture it, support it, empower it, forgive it, have patience for it, enjoy it, have fun with it, the better it will be, just like every other relationship in your life. I hope that this is helpful. And if you have any questions or you want some further support or you have another topic that you would like me to talk to, please send me a message and let me know. And I look forward, I'm really happy to see you all here and I hope that you're all well. And I wish you a lovely day. Take care, bye. Hi everyone.